0: Listening to episode 227 of Sci Fi TV Rewatch. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co host Wayne as we continue our look at season two of the showcase Netflix series Travelers. And we're approaching the holiday season. You got any good geek gifts that you've bought for yourself, your kids, or maybe something you're
1: expecting? Um, no, not not really. I don't think. All right. No, Kyle no. Loki, okay. the kids want clothes and sports equipment mostly and and right. and uh like we've had this discussion before you know like i pretty much things that i kind of want i just buy during the year yeah. you know so it's, yeah you already really have a have.
0: lightsaber and a sonic well,
1: screwdriver i assume uh well the boys have sonic screwdrivers yeah we have loads of lightsabers so we, we put them away um once that they got older and it started getting a little bit violent with the uh lightsaber battles but uh but yeah Nice. Though we do so, have Star Wars to go to on Thursday, so that's something to look forward to.
0: Yeah, my brother. I guess he and his family they make a, a tradition of going on Christmas Day. So
1: not going to really? find me there. But yeah, I, I, and I, they're not I Jewish, know. right? No, no. Because no. I know, like all like my mother in law and yeah, they all that's that's a big Jewish uh, um, movie going day. That's kind of like tradition. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, All right. Well, I'm going to give my pick of the week first. And I'm going outside of the genre realm. And I think Uh we've done this before. "Ah, That's okay. But uh, this is a Netflix series that just came back for season two. And it is The Crown, which is a look at Queen Elizabeth starting when she took over in the 1950s. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got some some connection there to genres, so it's all right. Absolutely, absolutely, because Matt Smith, A.K.A. the Eleventh Doctor, plays her <coughs> husband Prince Philip, and I, yeah, look, not that I was some royal expert, because you know I've probably seen a documentary here and there, like most people, but. Uh, prince philip he was a pretty cool dude um i mean she didn't think so but uh yeah. i mean she she was in love with him and all that but let, let's just say he was a uh free spirit and and okay. uh, i think that's a an accurate uh representation but claire foy plays uh queen elizabeth it's really really good and and like a lot of the netflix series it's only eight episodes i believe for each season and uh, of course now this is a pbs series that's coming up for season two i think in january victoria which of course stars uh, another Mm -hmm. doctor who alum jenna coleman so be looking forward to that
1: so what do you got this week you know i think i'm actually going with my pan of the week Uh, and this is actually from a couple weeks back so you don't, I know you don't watch any of the CW shows anymore, but they did one of those things where they have like a, a an event that crosses over from Supergirl to the flash, to the arrow, to, um, uh, legends, legends of tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. And, and i I've, I've. You know, I, I never watched Supergirl. I, I, I dropped Flash and Arrow this year. So I'm just watching Legends, right? So I'm basically holding on to the CW by a finger now at this point. So they throw in this event, right? And so it's still recorded Legends of Tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll start watching it. And maybe they'll explain enough that I can watch this episode and understand what's going on. But right away, I have no idea what's going on. Um, and uh, Dr. Stein, the, you know, half of, of – of, Firefox is, or Firestorm, I'm sorry, is is looks really hurt. So at that point, I got like about five minutes in, and well, I don't understand what's going on. I, obviously, if I want to watch this episode, I have to watch the other three, which I don't think I'm going to do, so I'm just going to forget it, we'll just skip it, and we'll pick it up, because... Legends of Tomorrow is, is basically a serial, right? They're kind of do like, they're like Monster of the Week. They have an overall arc, but it's kind of like you can pretty much just watch the individual episodes individually. So I go to the next episode and Dr. Stein apparently died. So they kill off one of the major characters in this event that you, you know, basically if you're watching, it, it means you are probably watching the other three shows and everything. And, and, you know, basically. So now I'm at a point where I might dump legends of tomorrow as well, because I was just annoyed. Yeah. And I'm not that into it that, you know, uh, that it's that I, I, I can do without it. But, you know, I'm like thinking like, so, I mean, I get why you do the crossover event, right? Though like arrow and, and flash aren't shows. You can't just jump in on those on the ground floor. Like, obviously, they're expecting people to go back and binge the previous however many seasons of both of those shows to get caught up, right? Which is possible. Okay. That's asking a lot because now they've built up a couple of seasons. It's asking quite a bit. Um, But so, you know, they're obviously trying to get new audience members for, you know, all of the shows. But, you know, then you go and you pull something major like that and you kill off a major character during that. I'm like, really? I don't know. I might be thinking about it a little bit too much, but uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't like it. Well, I like shows that have the courage to do that. I mean, I
0: don't watch any of those shows either. So, you know, it doesn't really bother me one way or the other, but the the whole idea, all these crossovers, it it just seems like, you know, a crossover should be something special. It just seems as if the CW has gone overboard.
1: Right. Exactly. It's like, they're making it this whole event, and then they're, you know, actually tying it in with the, um, the narrative of, of the show as it normally is. Like, if you're going to have a crossover, fine, but don't make it so people watching any of those shows have to watch it. You know, it's like I might watch it; it'd be interesting, fine. But once it's done, it's done, and then the show as it was goes on as it should. But I don't mind that they killed off Professor Stein. You know, I don't. That's that's not what I had the beef with. I had the beef that they did it in the crossover event, which is automatically limiting. Because if I'm just watching Legends of Tomorrow, and I'm not watching those other shows. Then I'm not going to see the crossover event. I'm not going to get the crossover event. But then you go ahead and kill a major character during the crossover event. I'm like, that's that's just wrong to me. I don't know yeah well victor garber rest in peace yeah i th- I think he's i mean because you got a show with a time machine so yeah he's only mostly dead exactly <laughs> right. yeah which is another issue so all right
0: well let's go ahead and move on from that um you know as always we're gonna remind you guys like to hear from you email sci tv rewatch at gmail.com go to the website leave a voicemail if you want record your own audio clip if you want tweet us at sci tv rewatch and maybe join the Facebook group, join the discussions there. So I I mentioned last week that I was going to interview Lindy Booth, which I did, and I posted that interview on on the website. So it's uh, originally it appears on Sci-Fi Fidelity embedded in the overall podcast. So obviously what I did here is just extract that interview, edit a little more cleanly, and popped it up there. She was awesome. I mean, it was a really great interview. And two hours later I interviewed Christian Kane. And oh, dude, he was, to- I mean, he was exactly as you'd expect him to be. And I think most of us would think Christian Kane seems like a cool guy. Yeah. He was aw. He was awesome. Oh, now hard. uh the publicist wants us to hold his interview. Until January and and run it uh, alongside a Jake Stone centric episode for the librarians. So you know we're going to do that. Uh, it's in the can, ready to go. You guys are going to love it. And you said in the can, yeah, I did. So <laughs> now now the other thing I don't know if if you know about and and maybe the listeners as well, but there's been a huge change with the librarians. Now number one, this is the first time there's been a season other than 10 episodes this one's got 12 but what they just did originally the premiere was supposed to be december 20th and we've known for about a month they moved it up a week to the 13th now they're running double episodes the first three weeks what so one and two three and four five and six so now Dean Devlin the executive producer has, has you know posted and tweeted that you know that's out of his hands um not necessarily something that that he would prefer but you know it is what it is so yeah. I mean that's
1: uh, uh, I, we, yeah, we've had this discussion before where it's kind of like this like, mixed emotions where I I love it when they have the double episodes because it's just more librarians right and that's awesome But I don't love it because then the season ends really soon. And then it's another however much time until we see it again.
0: Yeah. Right. Now, actually, when you think about it, the season will run nine weeks. And we're used to having 10 episodes. So I guess you could look at it that way. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, all right. Uh, We do have one piece of feedback. And this is from Fred in the Netherlands, once again, who says... First of all, I want to mention that I'm very happy that your Travelers podcast doesn't come out one or two days after it's on TV. We over here in Europe often see the episode one or two days later than that, which makes it difficult to give feedback for the most recent episode. I understand that some podcasts want to have their podcast out as soon as possible because the episode is then fresh on everybody's mind. They do forget, however, that also in the States, a lot of people record the episode on their DVRs to watch it at a more convenient time. And yeah, you know, that is something that, uh, you know, w- when, when you think about it, um, it, it really does become an issue once a TV show, you know, really goes international, which, you know, most of them do at some point, mm-hmm. and you know, where we've got Netflix US, Netflix Canada, I, I assume... well maybe not every country but i guess a a lot of countries have their individual netflix which may or may not release something at the same time so yeah yeah it is an issue yeah so he says before i give you my episode eight feedback i want to mention a crossover i discovered i just love finding crossovers all right so dave's pick of the week on travelers season two episode six podcast was the new marvel series runaways In this series, the young actress Ariella Bearer plays Gert Yorkis. In your podcast about the first episode of Star Trek Discovery, Sci-Fi TV Rewatch episode 216, (laughs) Dave mentioned the series Atypical, which is about an autistic teenager. In the first two episodes of this series, the same actress, Ariella Bearer, plays Bailey Bennett. And and he provided some pictures that, you know, here, I'll put them up there. You guys see it? (laughs) I wish. (laughs) Um, I watched Atypical in the meantime, and in my opinion, they did a nice job, and I think I can be the judge of that, having a 16-year-old son just like that. <laughs> High-functioning, autistic. Thanks again for pointing out yet another nice series. Yeah, I really like that series, and, and uh, I know my wife did, and, and I don't know when season two is returning. But, he says, Travelers, episode eight. After watching it for the first time, I thought, okay, this needs yet another Dave and Wayne analysis. knowing i had a little time before you record your next podcast i watched it a second time i love the different buddying moments in this episode philip feeling useless and carly giving him positive feedback trevor defending grace of all people grant and Catherine, david and marcy yeah i I really think shows a a lot of the good shows do that and and you mix up the pairings and, and we've certainly talked about it before you know on the podcast but but Yeah, Trevor defending Grace, you know, we'll get to that in in the podcast, but on the one hand, it does seem out of character, but on the other hand, we know there was that early connection with the actual Grace, not Traveler 0027, but what I don't get is why the past of Philip's future has changed, meaning all his high-risk investments and horse race predictions are starting to be wrong. Dave, you're good in timelines. Do you have an explanation? Well, well, well. I would then, I mean, I've got a, a response to that, but I'm also going to defer to Wayne here because I think we've kind of concluded this seems to be a linear timeline. And, you know, obviously things they have done in 2016, 2017 have impacted the future. Shelter 41 does not collapse. So- right. Um, you know any thoughts on that?
1: So I, I, you know, I asked that very same question as I was watching it the second time. I'm, I was saying, yeah, why? Because you think like, why are horse races being? Like, I, I kind of get like maybe the investments, and I, and I, I might attribute it to like the butterfly effect, like the, just their being there has, you know, in slight ways has changed things. So that again, it's not like huge things are being changed, but we're seeing little changes, right? Like yeah. different horses. Now that's one theory. The second theory is that they're because there's like there's there's definitely a group out there who we don't know who they are. It's not the faction. It's might be the travelers. We don't know. There's definitely a third player in play here. Are they affecting these things? Are they doing things to change the outcomes of of some like a horse race, right? Um, it, it's even that because like Philip is he's talking along with the announcer, so he knows what the announcer is going to say. But then all of a sudden, it it changes, you know. And he looking, he's like horrified. I, I'm not really sure, except to say that it, like either either there's someone who is purposefully changing these things to mess with McLaren's team, or B, um, you know, just their mere presence there, or, or and what they've done so far has. Altered the what is you know, the 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 near future enough that it's changing little things. You know, they're not seeing necessarily huge, super big global changes, but you know, little changes. You know, so I I don't know though for sure. That's that's a question I had. What I was thinking about the sporting events,
0: perhaps injuries. Even slight have occurred. Weather conditions perhaps change slightly, and that certainly could favor one horse or one dog over another. I mean, certainly with not again, I'm not a big horse racing fan, but I, you know, I, I've seen enough to know that certain horses run better when the conditions are favorable. Some horses can run really well when the track is muddy. So you know, maybe little things like that. Because as you said. As he's doing the play-by-play along with it, it, you know he's got it correct up until the end.
1: Right, right. So, and, and it must be—I mean, it's not necessarily something they've done, but clearly, you know, the future as Philip learned it, he—he and and he points this out right at first. Like he's becoming, you know, pointless. obsolete, obsolete, right? Because. The future that he learned that he memorized his whole job was to memorize the whole past, but now that's changing so i mean it's we don't know why, but definitely things are different and and we're already seeing it. It's not even like we have to wait till you know the future to see this happening we're seeing right now that in in little tiny ways the you know what originally happened is no longer happening, and you're absolutely right did they did something they did? slightly affect the weather did something that they did or another traveler team did you know slightly affect the the training of the horse or something you know like so or then the other thing which might even be you know my my other theory might be the more logical one is that there is someone out there who is purposefully doing someone who knows what investments uh philip has made and uh and they and they're trying to get at McLaren's team by changing the things that they rely on for their financial security. Could his first name possibly begin with a V? It could. It could very well. But though I, see I don't know because does does he cuz he went back first. Right? So even like he might have changed by his existence uh, his survival, right? That guy wasn't supposed to survive nine eleven. Um, so maybe uh, Victor's just his things he's done has slightly changed so that the future that Philip learned is different than the one that that Victor would have known. So well, right, well, I, and when you look at Philip, uh, what Victor's software did, it was predict
0: market trends, right? Right. What his what it's supposed. Supposedly did but right, of course. No, there was. And so like maybe
1: they're taking Victor out of play is affecting the market too. Yeah, yeah, you know, which could so. potentially affect. You know, maybe like a uh, you know a guy who owns a horse, his you know portfolio is not doing so so well. So he's like, you know what, we're gonna travel a day later than we normally would. And no. yeah, who knows, right? But right. It's the, again, butterfly effect. So all right, well,
0: Fred's got some more good stuff, and he's got his best moments grace asking trevor do you have a regular sex partner and the way trevor reacts which was (laughs) uh, obviously pretty cool and and you i guess we assume trevor does have a regular sex partner i forget what his girlfriend's name is but oh yeah yeah um and then second grace towards the director you humiliated me what's the problem with that girl you do it all the time (laughs) yeah that's
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's her her ego right there right like you know you humiliate me well did, did you not catch the part where saving the world was in there, Grace? Like, relax. That you know, like you're off the hook. You thought you were about to get killed, and and now you're off the hook. So you should be a little bit thankful, I think. Instead of, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't, I don't care for her reaction. I don't think it bodes well for the future. Yeah. If now he's, he's got a mind that. he, he's got
0: a few nitpicks. Uh-huh. Uh, number one, I, f- I found the tribunal a bit awkward because in general, the director is acting as an omnipotent, all-knowing, absolute ruler. Uh, second, it's too coincidental that David's friend Blair goes to a party where the quantum frame is standing.
1: Well, I feel like yeah. there's not really a lot of coincidences, but but yeah, I, I see because, you know, like no one set that up though, right? You know, like it yeah. just so happened that, that Blair went there. So yeah, that that's a, that's a good nitpick for sure yeah uh
0: third the time used for the scenes of grant and katherine picking names could have been used for more interesting stuff well, and, I and then so lastly david was surprised that marcy's carrying a gun around and marcy was surprised david was carrying a detox set around <laughs> i was actually surprised they both are carrying flashlights around <laughs> yeah i definitely thought about that as well uh nevertheless these nitpicks i give the episode eight out of ten much better than the previous one Last question: Why are these old oxygenated people used as representatives of the Ooh. director? Ooh. Ooh. Are they the director? Ooh. If yes, why this imagery? Ooh. I know the answer.
1: I know uh, the answer, uh, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> uh, because for the director to communicate through people, uh, you know, they, they, unless they do it through little kids who brains, whose brains can handle it, if they do it through adults, then they die. So the director is picking these all these people. Uh, across the world, who are about to die, and is briefly entering them for a you know again a brief amount of time, so the director can speak uh, directly to Grace. So, okay, basically, but why not just it, one? Because they die, and why then can't he has to go one into the that's... next one. Okay, because their brains can only handle it for so long. Okay, all right, and and, and they're 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 in they're in like hospice, right? So like the director can arrange to have a camera there and everything because the people aren't moving they're They're in one place. So it's kind of like the perfect situation for the director to enter the consciousness of these people briefly to be able to speak with grace for as long as that person can hang on. And then when that person dies, then the director goes to the next person and is able to inhabit that person's consciousness for the brief amount of time until that person dies. So they, just keep hopping from one person to the next, killing each one in its wake. But I guess, again, the justification, as always, with the director is, well, they're about to die anyway, so, you know.
0: Okay, well, which raises the question how they communicated with the director in their time, because I believe it's Grace that, that said, you know, a few episodes back about having conversations with the director, so... Is she communicating with a machine that has, you know, language capabilities? Uh, I, I Would be,
1: I guess, yeah. but yeah, absolutely. Um, all
0: right, well, you know, we always start out with some discussion points, and, and to well, be honest, just,
1: Fred, we just covered it. I think we're done.
0: Let's let's wind this baby up. Yeah, yeah. Fred brought up a bunch of them, but but the one that I do want to bring up right now, though, is Philip raises the question when he and Carly at, are at the rave site. How do they prove? somebody's faction and who do they prove it to and you know it's something we asked last week as we assume mclaren's team is now going to be trying to hunt down and you would think eliminate faction but how
1: do you prove it how do you prove somebody's faction i I don't have an answer at this point. well, well right i don't think they have an answer really because remember they they saw the girl in the picture and they're they're they basically know that all the people in that picture are faction now, right? Because that's what yeah. the faction did. They they use the machine to to you know spread some faction all over the world. Um, so they I go like to the that. girl and, and she gets all shirty with them and like, what are you talking about? Get out of here! And and you know, Philip is like, you know, let's go back in there and get her. And uh, and Carly's like, no, you know, like we're not a hundred percent sure that she's faction. They were pretty sure. But they weren't 100%. And while the faction would definitely go on 75% sure, the travelers do not, right? Right. Right. So. All right. Now, the opening
0: scene, uh, we, we get somewhat of a little timeline because based on the Catherine and Grant story, we know that a few weeks have passed, right? And how do we know that? Because he's not in the doghouse anymore. Correct. Oh, right, right. right, right. Yes. <laughs> and they seem quite happy. So we, we certainly know that. And then we get a cold open, which I, I just love this scene where the team is, takes out the faction group. We see uh, Carly in her sniper role they remove the comms they you know they're hoping to locate the quantum frame it's like all right good now we got some action the the story's really pushing forward you know again like we said how they're going to track down other faction members remains to be seen but the grant and catherine story which fred brought up in his feedback i mean we find out that they've sold their house they got you know money over their asking price and i love it. she mentioned starting a college fund And he balks and she tells him, you need to start thinking about the future. Yeah. And, you know, then they kiss and she asks him to stay and all that. I believe that qualifies
1: as verbal irony.
0: Yes. Uh, They had quite the night in bed. She tells him she loves him. But, you know, to go back to what Fred asks about this scene, I I think it's important because it just shows. And, you know, maybe they spent a little too much time. Um, I'm okay with it. But I think what it does is it shows that he's really getting comfortable in the 21st, that he's establishing himself as a member of the human race in the 21st century. There is no going back. This is my life. And whether or not it's going to, at some point, impact his role as a traveler is something we'll have to look at as we, you know, go into the series. But I think that's why that scene is there.
1: Well, yeah. And also, yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree basically, you know, just, I think the, the heart of this show is that the, not just the lives they lead as travelers, but the lives they lead in trying to lead a life, you know, besides right. the one as, as a traveler. And uh, obviously, you know, Gr- Grants right now is that story's kind of at the forefront. Now we've seen very little about Jeffrey Sr. Um though there is a scene where Carly has Jeffrey Jr. at the you know, in the um the the garage or the, the headquarters um with her. And uh you know but Marcy, I guess, is the other story because we're really seeing uh her and and again her getting back with David here. But but again those are like the two and and Trevor's story, kind of, because I guess his relationship with Grace was one from his previous life, and he even says that, right? Like, like you know, when he he explains why Grace was so important to him, um, so that's still there. So, um, but it's just a you know, it's it's a it's a nice little scene with uh, those two. It's nice to see them. Getting back together, because you know obviously there 's been a lot of friction between them, and um, it 's nice to see that he remembered this time not to use any of the moves that he used on Carly exactly as well. but but as a narrative device, I think it it can play a role and
0: and you know when you 've only got forty three minutes I, I you know I understand the criticism of it, but you know you mentioned Marcy and david and and, and certainly they uh, approached that. <laughs> relationship as well and I, I really think they did a nice job here uh I, I was certainly glad the way david blew off blair when she calls and keeps texting him wants him to go to a rave and well, poor blair, her, though i mean you know well, she well, do anything wrong you know? yeah right but do you believe that david led her on or is leading her on i i don't get that to be true i i, I just don't think he has that in him so Uh, this to me is all on her but but that's not even the important point you know we see him making what you know appears to be a romantic dinner for marcy he's got the candles out blair calls he doesn't pick up and she knows it's blair calling even though she doesn't see the phone at that
1: point now blair this isn't the the cotton ball girl is it uh yeah yeah it is sure yeah it looked different um well it's because she had
0: her rave clothes on right True. But uh Marcy's still struggling with missing memories you know the the important point here, and you know you mentioned earlier there are, you know there are no coincidences and and certainly that's true, but we see that the quantum frame appears in the background of a photo and and of course we see that before Marcy notices it, but you know we we you know we know travelers are incoming you know we we've seen this scene you know many times before. You know, it's it's uh, you know nothing nothing unusual because Blair and two of her friends happen to be in the bathroom. They avoided it. However, they end up getting drugged, and, and the point is to kill them. But obviously, David and Marcy get there sooner. Now, you know, Fred mentions uh, about uh, Marcy pulling out the gun and David being surprised. Well, you know what? He wasn't all that surprised. You carry a gun. <laughs> Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a big gun. We know that these were all faction that came through. So, you know, th- that, that moves on. And it seems, and I think we said this last week, it certainly seems as if Marcy is living at David's. She comes home with Chinese food. And here, here's where I really think it starts to get real. And I love David's reaction. You know, she's sort of staring at him, leans into kissing, and he stops her. Right. Because he knows what she's trying to do. And I love his line, of course I want to do this, but not like an experiment to see how it makes you feel. Right. And he just wants to, you know, let's just sit and talk. And, you know, he, he understands that if we are going to go there, then, you know, it's got to develop organically. And because you don't remember, well, then we're starting over. And if we were able to connect before, we should be able to connect again. Although there is the question of Marcy's missing empathy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which is, yeah. I mean, I think we see that this episode, like a lot, you know, I'm actually, I I I, I think I've just come full circle on David. Now I'm now starting to feel sorry for him a little bit because, you know, what's he to think at this point, you know, like. It was this girl, like, we were really into each other. And then now it's like she has no clue what's going on. I mean, she killed someone for me, right? Which was pretty yeah. wild. Um, I just don't know what's going on. And now she's, like, trying to kiss me. And I'm just like, he's got to be all kinds of confused. Yeah, But he, at least he goes, falls back on the, you know, let's, as you said, let's do this organically. Let's take this slowly. I want to do it for the right reasons. Where I'm not sure how many guys would make that same decision.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it, it
1: says a lot about David. And I think it's one of the reasons that I think
0: we have so much respect for him. And, you know, again, we've said this a lot over the last few weeks, and, you know, we'll see. Now, we've also mentioned Philip. And, you know, his story, again, we've already talked a little bit about it, but it's his problem with the timeline. Philip's relationship with Jenny, whether it's over for good, who knows, uh, probably. But his relationship with the timeline is what's freaking him out because it's changed significantly. As he says, his knowledge of the future is obsolete and he's feeling a bit useless. And, and, you know, the, the whole idea... Of the relationship he's having with Carly in this episode, where they're just basically talking via comms, she gets her paycheck and realizes it's not enough to live on. asks her to top her up a bit, (laughs) which, uh, you know, and and we have discussed this in the past. You know, where are they getting their money? And I think we said they're probably making investments, and that is, of course, what what they've been doing. You'd like to think. That all of their investments are not in high risk uh, you know uh, but but they
1: 're not high risk if you know you know when to buy when to sell right well that 's true, so and, they probably and... were like what we would call high risk, but it 's not high risk for someone who knows the future, but right, now that he doesn 't know the future well they now they actually are high risk and and like Carly said, you have to be like everyone else now you don 't mm-hmm. know what 's going to happen next, so you know, you're going to have to make money investing the way everyone else makes money investing that's trying to figure out when to buy, when to sell, instead of just knowing it. You know, That's easy. Right, right. but this is my problem. You would think
0: they'd understand that their actions are bound to change the timeline. So yeah. why did you not factor that in if the director is as powerful as... It appears to be. You'd think he, the director, had some sort of a financial algorithm. But yeah. regardless, the uh, the bulk of this episode obviously revolves around the trial of Grace Traveler zero zero two seven and got another kidogram with the message to report for a meeting at the <laughs> of the tribunal committee. Do, do you see any significance to the fact that it took place in a church?
1: I, I don't know if they did that just to build up to that final scene where Grace is in the back and she's talking to the director and when the director uh finally the last transmission is done uh there's a cross right in front of her you know so i mean i doubt that they built this up just for that one scene but um but yeah obviously that that is significant right that's clearly yeah
0: because i would guess in their time in in you know 300 years in the future religion is probably not you know you know front and center in it's most probably people. not a thing at all right it, it, yeah probably not um so we've got three new characters 009 known as the speaker played by Tazia Tellis, who was echo in the hundred i don't know if you remember she was a grounder don't uh 0017 familiar though uh programmer Played by Kurt Evans from I Zombie, and then the other one who 's somebody that I know hey, uh,
1: oh, really God.
0: well, zero zero two nine uh, the other programmer who 's the one that 's in the limo, which also begs the question, why do they have a stretch? oh limo? yeah that but, too. uh Vincent Gale, who plays flesh in van helsing so uh, and he 's a you know, relatively important character in Van Helsing, so it was great to see him. But uh, Grace is charged with conspiracy against the director and interrupting the grand plan. And, and look, in retrospect, we know what the point is here. The point is to flush out the traitors and that yeah. the director does not really think Grace is conspiring against it. Even so though we knew that ten- now. Right. That's what I'm saying. Right. So now that we're talking about it, but at this point, we don't know that. She won't shut up during questioning. Though in retrospect, the fact that nothing is done to shut her up is understandable, I guess. I don't yeah. know, but uh, yeah, she's you know,
1: she's very much in contempt uh, of the court here,
0: right? And you know, obviously the, the the thing she did with Marcy, resetting her, comes up, and, and we learn that the director ordered this hearing, which seems to catch her a bit off guard, and and then you know, you mentioned Trevor. Uh, defending her by basically admitting to breaking protocol by saving grace to begin with, which, Mm -hmm. okay, is certainly, (laughs) I, I guess, a punishable offense, but at this point, we're not led to believe it's anywhere near as serious as what grace is being charged with. Right.
1: Well, that, but that should have kind of the fact that they kind of blew off Trevor's confession, you know, that that should have been like a maybe an indicator to us that they're really not going after Grace because that I mean what Trevor did is um, you know I, I don't know if it's as bad as what Grace but it's probably up there I mean he sure. definitely messed with the grand plan there's no question about it you know but they're right. just like ah <laughs> that's not not a concern that's not, we're not worried about that you know but they're going to go after Grace so I mean but uh, yeah but it was definitely in in like the form of a of a witch hunt right? We felt that Grace was being uh, persecuted for some, because she has some good points, really, to counter pretty much everything that, that they say um, it, uh, as reasons why she's guilty. She makes great arguments uh, for her innocence in each of those, so that it, at the end, when they find her guilty, you know, we are, I mean, we're not surprised, because it, she's clearly being railroaded here. Right. And now we have our answer. Why the right. church?
0: I mean, it's just the time travel version of the crucible you know so i mean like you said this is a witch hunt so right. we're, we're better to conduct the witch hunt than in a church yes but marcy's testifying about the missing pieces and we still really don't get an answer as to whether grace took out more than she needed to and i love that line about whether or not grace took marcy's soul <laughs> and i love marcy's reaction how would you know you have no soul right right so again the 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 way those two interact as the series moves on is certainly going to be something uh something to watch
1: but well the, did you notice ho- like when um when they they uh find that grace is guilty and trevor is freaking out marcy just kind of folds her arms and says well she didn't do much to help her case you right know, like, well and like, then even Macla- and, and mclaren you know basically
0: says because i think she she yells to mclaren do something he, he's like
1: yeah it's out of I, my hands i can't yeah but at least he's emotional about it, where marcy just kind of folds her arm and is like well right that didn't go well, very well.
0: <laughs> well and her whole defense is you should all be thanking me and to a point
1: she's right about I that think she's so. right like hundred percent, she's right. You know, like I get it. Like absolutely, um, that's why we're like, why is this happening? Because, you know, I mean, that, that's the whole thing. The, the whole time you had this feeling. There's something else going on here, beyond just like why all of a sudden to, to go after Grace. Um, why why now? Why you know? It just it seems all very sketchy. You know. Okay. Well. Well, one thing that still
0: maybe sketchy is not the right word to use, but I'm still a little fuzzy on is this limo scene. Right. Because in retrospect, and even having watched it a second time, it it sure seems as
1: if the team was prepared for what occurred. I don't think they were though, Dave.
0: Okay. I don't so think that-
1: no one knows. Like even at the end of it, McLaren's like, well, we got to figure out who did this. I'm like, what do you mean (laughs) i at first i assumed the same thing that the team was expecting this they got the drop on the on the uh on the faction and they took him out but they didn't do it at all it had nothing to do with them someone else did this okay because i guess i felt like marcy got in the limo a a little too easily
0: that you know i can give you your missing memories back oh you can yeah and i can do it now oh okay let's go yeah
1: I absolutely agree. It's so. If anything, maybe Marcy is involved with whoever, you know, took out these these faction members because, um, you know, Grant says they don't they don't know who did it. You know, but right. you're right. Marcy seemed like um, a little too willing to, to go along with this, and 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 not at all surprised when the. Uh, 0029 turned out to be faction. Well, oh, right, but what I'm also talking, I mean, she certainly disarms him and gets the drop on him with his
0: own gun. But isn't the team right there? Uh, yes. So I don't know, but but your question is, it all over? Well, no, of course not. You know, who killed the faction team? Right? We see all these dead bodies lying on the floor. And then that whole, and we've heard this before, about destroying or dismantling
1: the quantum frame. So are you really going to do it this time? Oh, yeah. They're they're already starting. Like, as the camera pulls away, you can see them uh, starting to, to dismantle it. So
0: Okay. Now, I guess I was wondering about that as well. Couldn't the director send people through the quantum frame or is it only the faction i mean if the faction's nice. no longer a uh, problem
1: yeah i really don't understand the quantum frame at all i that's the one well, thing I, <laughs> I well
0: because. i mean i guess the quantum frame as i understand it allows you know a mass of right. individuals to be sent
1: to the you know to the but past. they built it to to help the to save the director right didn't grace I I just can't remember.
0: Well, that's when it gets you know, again, right? But I'm trying try to think
1: like, back, like why that thing? Because they built it in in the barn, right? Yeah, in that dude's barn. Yeah, Ellis. Yeah. So Grace and Ellis built the thing.
0: Yeah, I just I
1: need to go back and watch season one, probably.
0: Yeah. Well, the one thing, and, and again, I know I sound like a broken record, but. Uh, she's pissed that she had to go through all this and you know even if we concede she did a good thing this all about you know that it's all about me attitude has just as my eighth grade english teacher used to say has plucked my last nerve so <laughs> i did she say know. that i like that. oh yeah <laughs> david v you're plucking my last nerve you better sit down <laughs> she, was sou- she was from the south she was from the south yeah clearly so um yeah i i thought a really good episode i i think i liked it maybe a little better than fred did i, I mean it did have some flaws but I, I think i saw some maybe more purpose in them th- than he did so uh you know i'm gonna go ahead and go with an a minus yeah i think solid a
1: minus uh i got it um you know i i think what Travelers does a really good job of, I think they do a pretty good job of, of kind of straddling that line between what the heck's going on and then answering questions as well. Like we see stuff like they, they, they show us stuff every time they, and they reveal um, information to us, but also, you know, this crew of faction, someone just killed all of them and then rolled out like, what the hell's going on? You know, like, what's what's the story here? Um, because they're dead when Marcy gets there, right? Like, they, they're dead before Marcy gets there, so. Well, did you uh, notice whose name was in the credits but did not appear in the episode? So I, I, I was looking at uh, that, so we got it wrong again, we, and I, this time is me, I called him Victor, but I see Vincent, is that who you're talking about? Yeah, Enrico yeah. Colantoni. Yeah, he's in the IMDB page, as he's on the cast for this episode yeah and his name was you know at the beginning of the episode so yeah. i i was he think- in was he in any of the he, he might have been in like the previously on things because uh, when they're in the previously on things and they're still uh credited with uh with being in the episode um really yeah okay yeah, that that I know that's a thing. I know that's a thing. So.
0: Okay. Well, I'm still holding out the uh the idea that he's still a player. I'm not sure how yet, but I don't think we've seen the last of uh, yeah. Vincent.
1: No, I, I I definitely don't think we have either. Um, you know, like we said, I mean, they let him get away. If they're going to you know, if they're going to be done with Vincent, then they would have, you know, they would have had him finished off and and given the audience, uh, said, but I, I guess, you know, it's it's tough to also want a, a guy dead who's got a kid, you know, like, no matter how, you know, evil he is or whatever. So, yeah, you know, I mean, we I guess we kind of understood. I don't want to get too much into Vincent again, but, you know, so like, but I suffice it to say, I agree with you. I think we will see him again. Could he be behind this? Yeah, quite possibly. There's someone out there. There's, there's, a, there's a third thing in play here. And, and we know there's a lot of factions still out there as well. Yeah, so but they but they're unable to commute you know the only thing is the factions cut off from the future, right? Yeah. But they can't get orders anymore and they they so they don't know what to do. So they're on their kind of their own initiative. That's the one. Okay. Word. Right. Well, I I don't know if you saw the Facebook
0: posting today. You, you probably didn't, but uh, from James Ellison who apparently watched episodes 9 and 10 last night and it's like, "What the hell is going on?" So you know, I haven't had a chance to watch it as I know you haven't, but I'm um, certainly looking forward
1: to it. But anything else you want to throw out there for this one before we uh, call it a day? Well, so um, there's actually I, I did want to mention how we missed Don Vincent. I think that was it for for this one. I wanted to bring up. There's something I actually wanted to bring up for the last one that I I just wanted to really quick say because I I noticed the throwing from left field, but I really wanted to, to mention this for the last episode because there was that scene uh, after. Uh, Carrie and Grant meet the gas station. They show her driving away with her brother and with Lars, okay. with Wayne and Lars. Um, that they're arguing about like this song, and she starts singing in the back. And we and we see this. You know, it's like a very sad scene, really. Even though she's happy and singing, it's sad because we know she's about to, to die, and what this poor girl's body is going to go through in the next. Well, just just like seventeen minutes or so, but yeah. You know. Right. Um but I just thought that was like really well done to to throw in a little bit of uh humanity to remind us, hey, you know, this 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 was a person. This is a, a person, an innocent person had nothing to do with any of this stuff. She got taken over and um put through all this all this uh incredible this terrible, incredible stuff. Um just a little reminder that so I thought that was neat. So that was right, just and- my thing for me.
0: Right, and that is something that we're, we're starting to see a little bit. In, in other words, taking host bodies that weren't necessarily supposed to die. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep, uh, all right. Cool. All right. Well, I guess that'll do it for this one. Want to thank you guys for joining us tonight. Love to hear what you think about you know, any of the episodes of Travelers we're doing. Don't forget about the Librarians coming up December 13th encourage you to join the facebook group share your thoughts with the sci-fi tv rewatch community if you're already a member bring some more people aboard emails to sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com voicemails via the speak pipe tab which you can get through the website and we'll be back next week to talk about season two episode nine of travelers titled update but until then
1: dave so i think our uh, sponsorship by blue apron has fallen through so I think uh, we are in serious financial trouble.